morning, good morning. We are finishing up this month's theme. Now oh, is that me making funny noise? Stop. It is, it is. Wait a minute. Fix it? Is it good? Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> I'm optimistic. <laughs> We're finishing up this month's theme, Embody Spiritual Principles, and we started with In the Beginning. When we started talking about spiritual principles themselves, what they are, what they're not, right? And then the next week we moved into goddesses created, which was really about the divine creative process and how we are always out picturing all the time, whether or not we're thinking about it consciously, we are always out picturing conditions in our lives based on our most predominant thoughts backed by those strong emotions. The universe can only respond to us, to our vibration, to our frequency. It responds to us. And last week, of course, we had our guest speaker, Azim Kamiza, who really broke our hearts open with his life of the spiritual principle of forgiveness in action. And so today's talk is all of it. <laughs> We're going to be here for a while. Lock the doors. <laughs> I'm kidding. All of it, all of it, all of our lives, everything that we are, all of our body, all of our doings, all of our thinkings, all of our beings, all of our becomings, it's all spirit in action. You thought you were doing it all along. It's all spirit in action. Nothing lies outside of the realm of spirit. When we say core concept number one, God is all there is, we mean it. God is all there is. This is God having an experience. You know, all of these bodies here, this light, this room, this is God having an experience. That's all that's going on here. A spirit is expressing individually, uniquely, as each one of us. This is, this is an event that God is having. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, spirit is all life, love, being, cause, and effect. It is the only power in the universe, and it knows itself. The spirit could not know anything outside of itself, because then that would be spirit and something else. Spirit is all there is. It is the center and the circumference of everything that exists, both manifest and unmanifest. So there can't possibly be separation. It's impossible, right? We can't say this is God, oh, and this stuff over here isn't. It's impossible. Spirit is making itself known all the time in everything. Everything is spirit. You know, we talk about matter. Matter is spirit. Right? Matter is spirit, just, just condensed. <laughs> right? Non-matter is loose energy. It's all energy. We, this is where we agree with the physicists, right? Everything is energy. The theologians say everything is God. We, you know, they say everything is energy. It's the same stuff we're talking about. We've entered the same room through two different doors. Physicists will say energy always has been, always will be. All the energy that ever exists is, exists right here, right now. Right? And we say the same thing about God. It's the Alpha and the Omega. It always has been, always will be. Same stuff. We're talking about the same stuff. It's all energy. And this energy, we know, is this self-existent first cause, this universal intelligence, this energy that knows of itself. And that means all of us. That means all of us. The totality of who and what we are, our bodies, our thoughts, our movement, our decisions, everything is just spirit expressing, having a good old time. You're giving spirit a good time, are you? Think about it. Think about it. How, how good a time are you giving God lately? We cannot 
claim, right? Something good happens and we go, yay, thank you, God, you know? And then something really awful, challenging happens and we go, oh, no, God's not in this. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. It's in everything. We cannot claim that God is present in the good times and not in the bad. We learn, we grow in the good times, and we learn and we grow in the difficult challenges, don't we? Sometimes we grow even more in the difficult challenges because they require more of us. They require us to know the truth of ourselves, right? It's all God. The conditions change day to day, moment by moment, don't they? The conditions change. That's why in the Bible it says it comes to pass. It doesn't say it comes to stay. I love that. <sighs> anyway, things change moment to moment. Conditions change all the time. The truth of us is just we're spirit expressing. We're having the experience. That's all. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, and I love this. This is one of my favorite quotes. It's on page 282 of the Science of My textbook. Stay with the one and never deviate from it. Never leave it for a moment. Nothing can equal this attitude. To desert the truth in the hour of need is to prove we do not know the truth. When things look their worst, that is the supreme moment to demonstrate to ourselves there is no obstruction to the operation of truth. When things look the worst is the best time to do our work. The most satisfying time. God, it sounds like so, you know, fire and brimstone-y, doesn't it? I love it. Anyway, he goes on to say this. He says, the person who can throw himself with complete abandon into the limitless sea of receptivity, having cut loose from all apparent moorings, is the one who will always receive the greatest reward. Throwing ourselves with complete abandon. That's giving up. That's, that's giving up our fear and our illusion of control. It's giving up all of that. And knowing spirit has our back all the time. We must never forget it. We must never leave the truth. Oh, yeah, it does feel fire and brimstone -y. I love it. <laughs> okay. <sighs> anyway, <sighs> damn thing is making noise. All right, I am going to switch. Is that all right? I don't like the staticky stuff. Okay, so when conditions seem like they're overwhelming us, that is the best time to do our work. That's what Ernest Holmes just said. That is the best time to do our work. We have to go deeper into our belief, right? No, God is all there is in the face of the challenge. It is easy. Look, we have a real easy philosophy. It's simple, right? It's all God. <laughs> That's it, you know? It's a simple philosophy. And it's really easy when everything is going well to go, la, 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 God's all there is, you know? When it's all rainbows and puppy dogs, tails and you know and kisses it's when things become challenging for us to still say God's all there is God is all there is you know it's 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 part of our faith philosophy standing in the truth when the rent's due and there's not enough you know cash in the bank or or there's more bills coming in the mailbox than there are checks or we just got dumped or we just got laid off or you know whatever the situation it's a little more challenging to stand up and go yeah God is all there is and God's all good when the fan you know the thing about the fan I'm not even going there okay we must stay aligned with truth we must stay aligned with truth. It's the practice. Our practice is to know the truth all the time in all conditions because the conditions are the things that change. The eternal truth doesn't ever change, right? So it is our, it is our spiritual practice to know abundance in the face of lack, to know wholeness in the face of illness, to know joy in the face of sadness. Our practice is to make a demand of the universe to see it 
to reveal itself to us in the face of conditions. And that's why it said in John, right, judge not according to appearances. We're told, judge not according to appearances. Why? Because the appearances are the conditions, and the conditions are always changing. And what it is one moment, it's not in the next, and you go, oh, well, and I was all worried about that thing, and then that thing changed, right? I was all worried about that thing, and then that thing changed. It's not a thing anymore. And I got all worried for nothing. And I put all my energy where? Into the worry. I put all my energy into the worry. Well, that's great. What do we know about where we put our energy? It grows, right? Yeah, it grows. <laughs> I, you know, I remember when, do you remember the little place we used to have over there on Mission Gorge Road? It was our first apartment, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's what it felt like. I mean, really, that was our first apartment. It was a beautiful, we had some money in the bank because we raised it ourselves. Remember, Tim, I remember, remember those 30-second auctions? Oh, my God, you remember everything we had to do to raise money to leave SDA and to get that first place, right? We raised money. We did fundraisers. We did auctions. We did concerts, right, just so that we could move into that little place over there on Mission Gorge Road. And I remember having meetings over there in, the, in those little classrooms. And one of the things John and I talked about was having a benefactor. <laughs> we were like, you know, what, you know what vision needs is a wealthy benefactor, <laughs> right? I mean... It's just a thing. Okay, so that's what vision should have. It should have a wealthy benefactor that's going to buy us a building. Yeah, it's going to buy us a building. That's the thing. And that's what we put into the law, right? That was the intention we set. I loved having those discussions. Or, or someone's going to drop a whole load of cash on us and put it in a long-term CD and, you know, grow some money. Let's grow some money for a down payment on a building or something. But, you know, that idea of the wealthy benefactor stuck with me. It just did. It's like, you know, you get a mental equivalent of something and it stuck with me. Did you ever have that? Did you ever get that sort of mental equivalent thing? The idea just sits with you and it resonates and you kind of spend time there. It's a thought you keep going back to. It becomes a most predominant thought. And then I remembered an old black and white TV show when I was really, really little. Gosh, I was tiny. Does anybody remember The Millionaire? Anybody remember? Oh, thank God. I know. It's like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> it ran from 1955 to, to 1960, I think, and then probably in syndication for a couple of years after that. I was really young when, when I saw it. But I remember the opening. Right? It was always the same opening. Hi, my name is Michael Anthony. Do you remember? Oh, my God. Okay. Hello, my name is Michael Anthony. Up until a few years ago, I was the executive secretary to, anybody? John Beresford Tipton. Yeah, there you go. And he picked out people to give a million dollars to without revealing the identity. Just random. million dollars here and there to people he didn't know. And that was the show. And then how that million dollars changed that person's life. So this idea of a benefactor, wealthy benefactor, million dollar you know, check. That was my mental equivalent when we were in that place over there. That was mine. That was, that was my thought picture. That's where I resonated. It was the consciousness of this group that manifested this place we're in today. It was our consciousness that manifested that, right? Because all of a sudden we had to move. <laughs> we were like happy, we were there, we were making it all work, and then all of a sudden we had to move. But it was the consciousness of this group that manifested this place we're in today without having to pay for it. Right? The build out, the move, the difference in the rent, all paid for by this construction company that bought the place we were in. 
And so I'm thinking wealthy benefactor, but who knew it was going to be a construction company? I'm thinking it was going to be somebody who was going to fall in love with Vision and become a member, you know? Who knew it was going to be a construction company? That is proving the principles to ourselves. Do you see how that works? We had a mental equivalent. We had a consciousness of abundance. We had a consciousness. We were, we were firmly planted in that field of infinite potential. And something happened. Conditions changed. This was manifested. That was proving the principles. This is a large part of what Ernest Holmes said about after you learn this philosophy, and it's a simple philosophy, maybe not easy a lot of times, but it's a simple philosophy. After you learn the philosophy, he said, throw the books out the window. Don't really throw the books out the window because I love books. <laughs> but, but, you know, theoretically. He, what he said was get rid of that and practice, practice, practice. Practice the principles. Prove them to yourself. Prove them. Make such a demand on the universe that it must change conditions around you to... It must change conditions around you in such a way that you know it is a demonstration of your intention. Remember the book Illusions? Did anybody back in the 70s or whatever write Richard Bach? Remember the blue feather story in that one? Okay, so, you know, the guy tells him, think of something, and he closes his eyes, and he goes, oh, blue feather, you know. And then later in the day, I think he manifests it, or he manifests a picture of it anyway. I think that's what it was. But it, for him, it was that demonstration. That demonstration, oh, I put something in tension, I put something into intention, I prove the principle to myself, and I get that demonstration. Well, we have to keep doing this. We have to keep proving the principle to ourselves until we're convinced. That's really what it is. It's not spirits like, oh, I'll, I, I will change your conditions, but not yours. You know, or, or I'll, you know, I'll be a blessing in your life, but you, you're on your own. You know, it's like spirit doesn't do that. All it can do is respond to us, reflect back to us what we are doing, what we are thinking, what our predominant thought is, backed by that powerful emotion. We are proving the principle to ourselves all the time, but we must do it until we are convinced, until we become faithful, until we become faith-filled until we come to the place where we just depend on it working. We depend on it working. It becomes our first response and not our last resort, right? It becomes our first response, not just sometimes, not just most of the times, but all the time, all the time. And when things look wonderful and when things look bleak, principle is at work all the time. The principle is at work all the time. It is outpicturing our predominant thoughts, the ones that are backed by those intense feelings, positive or negative. Positive or negative, all it can do is respond back to us. You know, the, the story of Job. That was the story of Job, right? The thing that I fear has come upon me. The thing that I fear has come upon me. Why? Because that's where he was sending all of his mental energy, on the things he feared. So, of course, they manifested. They could not. That's where he was spending all of his attention and his mental energy and his intention. So we must test it. We must prove it. We must make such a demand on the universe that there is no doubt our manifestation is a result of our intention. And you know, I speak to spirit all the time, don't you? Don't you? Aren't you always kind of in, in prayer, in communion with the divine within us? I am. I'm always speaking to the higher power that's, that's operating through me. I mean, 
We're a place where spirit's showing up. You know, we're just a place where spirit is showing up. So, of course, we're going to court this presence. We're going to direct it. We're going to, to commune with it. We're going to speak our word into the law. I speak it all the time. And I demand the manifestation so that I know the principle. I know it. I know God. That's where we spend our time, courting the principle and getting to rely on it. Not just sometimes, but all of the time. And make the manifestation so clearly prove the principle from my own intention, prove it, show in some way that there is no doubt it comes from the intention that I set. <laughs> Which kind of brings me back to my mental equivalent. You know the millionaire? <laughs> Michael Anthony. Hello, my name is Michael Anthony. Now, he wasn't the millionaire, but he was the bringer of the check, right? He was the, he was the messenger. And he had two first names, Michael Anthony. And the man who came into the life of vision along with his company and invested a million dollars in this place for us, Eric Kenny. Now, Spirit's having way too much fun at our expense, you know? That's what Paul says a lot of times. Now, I know it's a coincidence. It's a coincidence, right? It's spirit proving itself according to my mental equivalent. That's my blue feather. That's my blue feather. Because what I know is God. And I know that God finds a way out of no way. And it's proven itself over and over and over and over. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. Test me in this. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be room enough to store it. That's our inheritance. That is our inheritance. That's what Spirit is saying to us. Prove me. Prove me. And that is our spiritual practice. To know the truth and not doubt it. Not, not abandon it for a moment. Like Ernest Holmes said. Throw ourselves into the sea of receptivity. I love that. <laughs> right? Without a moment's hesitation. Prove there is one energy, one spirit, one, one universal intelligence everywhere equally present. Responding to us. Always responding to our predominant thoughts. Our consistent thoughts. Our powerful thoughts. Backed by powerful feelings. And that's what outpictures accordingly. You know what you do when you affirm, when you affirm uh, abundance with the consciousness of lack? You get an abundance of lack. Hello, that's the way it works. That's the only way it can work. We have to consistently check in with ourselves. We have to raise our consciousness. We have to know the truth for ourselves. We have to know those guiding principles, those, those qualities of God. We have to know that that is who we are because we're just an event. We're just an event that God is having. We're an occasion. Hmm, that's it. Aligning with and reflecting back. That's what spirit does. It aligns with and it reflects back what we most believe to be true about our lives and about ourselves and about who and what we are. Ernest Holmes said this in the, in, I think this is in the textbook, yeah. The whole basis of spiritual science, of the philosophy of metaphysics, and its practice lies in the concept that the universe is self 
self-existent, self-energizing, self-propelling, self-knowing, and self-acting. And everything that is takes place within this infinite self, which is undivided and indivisible, but which, out of its own unity, creates this vast multiplication of itself, this great variation of life. And that is who and what we are. We are, this, we are the spirit. We are the power of creation itself, making itself known in a form, in a body, in a meat suit for, for a short period of time. How many times do we have to prove the principle to ourselves before we depend on spirit, before we depend on it? How long is it going to take us to rely on this power and presence within us, this creator of all things seen and unseen? How many manifestations is it going to have to take before our first response to anything that, that comes up in our life is greeted with, well, I'll be interested to see how spirit works this out. <laughs> because that's us. Because that is us. And so that we, we, we speak our word into the law. The law responds without question. We have to know what we want. We have to know what quality it is we're desiring to express more of in our lives. We speak our word. We direct the law. The law can only reflect back to us. I'll be interested to see how spirit works this through. It's about, it's about surrendering to this power and presence that is greater than we are. Right? You know how when we're little, two years old, three years old, whatever, it's always, I do, I do, I do, I do, right? Do you have, you have somebody has little kids around? It's a phase that they go through. I do, I do, I do. Well, we're here, we are all adults, and we're still doing the same stupid thing. I do, I do, I do, not realizing that it's spirits doing all along. It is spirits doing all along, and all it can do is respond and reflect back to us who and what we are resonating in. We go to prayer, we set powerful intentions, we speak our word, we command the law. Emma Curtis Hopkins said there is good in the universe and we ought to have it. Ernest Holmes said God is good all the time, that's all there is. That's all there is, there is no duality. We're the ones that get caught up in duality. We have to get out of it. No, God is good all the time. There is good in the universe, we ought to have it. We can demonstrate more of it as we embody more of it. God is good all the time. Ernest Holmes said this in Basic Ideas of Science of Mind. He said, the, the unlimited universal mind in you, as you, thinks and speaks and creates your good through you when you are wise enough to permit it. When you are wise enough to permit it. Let us all seek to be wise. Thank you. Thank you.